All Rise, the Ashley Murphy murder trial with Frank Graney, a News Talk original podcast. A woman in her 20s has died following an assault in County Offaly. The incident happened along the canal bank at Cappenker in Tullamore at around four o'clock this afternoon. Breaking news, the arrest made on suspicion of murder of Ashling Murphy, the school teacher. Joseph Puska of Linali Grove, Mukla County Offaly, appeared before a special sitting of Tullamore District Court last night. On the afternoon of the 12th of January last year, Ashley Murphy, a 23-year-old school teacher, was killed along the banks of the Grand Canal in Tullamore. Josef Pushka, a Slovakian man who was living at Lanali Grove in Mukla County Offaly at the time, is on trial for her murder. He has pleaded not guilty. I'm Frank Graney, courts correspondent for News Talk. And I'm Ashling Moore, radio producer. I'll be in the central criminal court for every minute of the Ashling Murphy murder trial. And every evening, we'll bring you a factual, accurate and balanced account of what the jury hears on any given day. And only what the jury hears. It's their job to decide on the facts of this case, and they'll do so based only on the evidence presented to them at trial. And I should say, if you happen to be one of the jurors on this trial, then you've already been warned not to follow any of the media coverage. And that includes this podcast. This is All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. Welcome to episode 10, Needle in a Haystack. So a later start than usual for the jury today, Frank, with the court having to first deal with some legal matters. The Mm -hmm. jurors filed back into court 13 at about 20 past 12. And when they took their seats, they heard from yet another forensic scientist who analysed DNA found under Ashley Murphy's fingernails. The two lead investigators also took the stand. And before the court broke up for the long weekend, evidence was heard in relation to Josef Pushka's arrest. It might have been a later start today, but it was another busy day in the Central Criminal Court. And let's start with the evidence of the first witness called. Dr Lorna Flanagan is a forensic scientist who works at Forensic Science Ireland and her area of expertise relates to the analysis of DNA. Yes, um, we heard from our colleague John Hode yesterday or former colleague, I should say, because he recently hung up his microscope after 31 years of service at the state's forensic lab. And everything that comes into that lab is barcoded, we heard. It's tracked through their computer system. And among the items to make their way onto Dr. Flanagan's desk were swabs uh, taken from underneath Ashley Murphy's fingernails. They were taken during her post-mortem um, and like Mr. Hode, uh, Dr. Flanagan specialises in the area of DNA. So her first job was to develop a DNA profile from those scrapings. And to refine her search, she used a male-specific DNA profiling system called YSTR. This, we heard, um, relies on genetic material found only in the chromosomes of men because they're inherited from the paternal side Obviously, women don't have a Y chromosome. So Dr. Flanagan said that by using this type of profiling, it means all female aspects can then be ignored. And she likened it to a needle in a haystack, with the haystack being all of the female DNA, the needle being the male DNA, and the YSTR technique being the magnet that allows her to pull the needle or the male DNA out for a closer look. And obviously, the DNA beneath 
your fingernails would mostly, if not entirely, be your own. So in Ashleen's case, you'd expect to find predominantly female DNA. That's what the jury was told today by Dr. Flanagan. And that's why samples were taken from underneath her nails, because that would indicate more than just passing contact between two people. Dr. Flanagan said she did find male DNA and again, using that technique, she was able to develop a DNA profile. She also said that she had two other samples to work off. A blood sample that was taken from Josef Pushka uh, while he was at St. James's Hospital in Dublin and what's known as a buccal sample. And this is also widely known as a DNA reference sample. It is taken from um, a person when they were taken into custody. This was taken from uh, Josef Pushka at Tullamore Garda Station, and it essentially involves a DNA being extracted uh, through a swab being scraped around the inside of a person's cheek. Um, so she had those two other samples from Mr. Pushka. Uh, she developed DNA profiles from both of those. She found them to be the same profile, so both belonging to Mr. Pushka. And she then compared that against the YSTR or uh, male-specific profile from under Ashling's fingernails. And when she did that, she said they matched. And another role of Dr. Flanagan's was to present her findings as a statistic. And the jury heard the likelihood of that DNA coming from someone other than Josef Pushka is one in 14,000. That's right. And she said that when it comes to calculating this likelihood ratio, she must factor in the possibility of persons like fathers, brothers, uh, male cousins, etc., because they're likely to have the same YSTR profile. But as the prosecuting barrister Anne-Marie Lawler pointed out today, there's no suggestion that any other relative of Mr. Pushka had any contact with Ashley Murphy. It's important to point that out. Uh, Dr. Flanagan said they work off a database of about 28,000 samples, she said. Um, the database they, they used here uh, was based on the Western European population, which we heard included Romani Slovaks. And they would be conservative calculations, uh, according to uh, Dr. Flanagan, as she said, they always choose a conservative approach. OK, and once she had finished her evidence, the jurors heard from the two lead investigators the Senior Investigating Officer, or SIO, was Detective Superintendent Pat O'Callaghan, and he was assisted in his lead role by Detective Inspector Brian Farrell. The defence asked for both of these witnesses to be made available by the other side. So what did Michael Bowman ask Detective Inspector Farrell when he took the stand? Well, he first wanted to establish the hierarchy of the investigation team. The This investigation team, the team investigating the murder of Ashley Murphy, essentially had joint SIOs orchestrating the investigation from the top. As we know, an incident room was set up in Tullamore Garda Station, um, which, as we heard today, is really um, a, a coordinating environment. Information comes in, it's assimilated, digested, and then jobs are handed out on the back of that. And Michael Bowman asked the witness, Detective Inspector Farrell, about the first arrest in this case, uh, because Josef Pushka was not the first person uh, arrested in relation to this investigation. Another man was arrested uh, just after 4pm on, on the day of her murder, so not long 
after Ashley Murphy was killed. The prosecution believes that she had been killed at about half past three that afternoon. Um, this wasn't, again, I should say, in, uh, and, and I'm at pains to point out that this wasn't Yosef Pushkin. The jury has already been told that. They have, in fact, been given the name of this person who was arrested. But I don't think, again, that there's any um, need to repeat that man's name here. Um, following on from, from that arrest, um, Michael Bowman asked the witness if he was the one who tasked a detective sergeant, Brian Jennings, to go to Dublin. Um, he said that he was and that the decision was a joint one. Um, he said that he asked, was there a clear direction given for them to go up and um, have a look at a suspect? And Mr. Bowman at this point referred to um, notes um, where he had written down, Detective Inspector Farrell, that is, had written down notes. And every time he wrote down Yosef Pushka's notes, uh, Mr. Bowman pointed out that uh, the letters S.O., which stood for suspected offender, were written next to his name. Um, the witness confirmed that that was the case. Um, Mr. Bowman said you never referred to uh, him as a person of interest in those notes. And Detective Inspector Farrell said no, uh, that he wouldn't use that term. He confirmed that he was in contact with Forensic Science Ireland that evening, uh, that he learned that evening that um, a DNA sample from the first suspect, uh, the suspect who was in custody, uh, didn't match. And he said no. And he confirmed that he was released that night. Um, the court heard that was a good faith arrest. The uh, witness said that they were working off information that they had at the time. And then there was an exchange uh, between Michael Bowman and the witness in relation to Detective Sergeant Brian Jennings and Detective Garda Fergus Hogan being sent from Tullamore uh, to St. James's Hospital, um, where Yosef Pushka was being treated for stab wounds. Michael Bowman asked him um, if they called him on their way back from the hospital. And this was on the day that he was admitted to the hospital at uh, the evening of the 13th of January uh, last year. Um, you may remember they went to the emergency department of the hospital and they were told they couldn't have access to him, that he either um, uh, was in surgery or um, was recovering from an operation. Uh, but in any event, in response to that question, uh, Inspector Farrell said, uh, it would make more sense that they would have called me. It would make sense, he said, that they would have called me on, on their way back, having not got access to him. Um, Michael Bowman wondered if uh, he had told them of the other man's release. He'd been released from custody at that point. And um, Inspector Farrell said no. He said he treated that as a need to know. It wasn't relevant to the task that um, they were asked to perform. And he said that he couldn't say for sure, um, but can't imagine that he did um, tell them that it was a very fast moving dynamic investigation. He said this was just 30 hours uh, later. So a lot of information was flowing through the incident room. He was making and taking a lot of calls. Uh, he said that they were there to feed him information. He said they did. He thanked them and he passed that information on. Um, Michael Bowman asked him if they knew their task was to go up there and to look at the suspect. And he said uh, they were going up to talk to him. And Michael Bowman at this point um, pointed to notes written by Superintendent Pat O'Callaghan. Um, in his notes, um, it was written that they were to go up and have a look at him. And in response to that, Inspector Farrell said, they're his notes. He said, I can't say I told them to have a look at the suspect. I sent them up to talk to him and you'd expect them as detectives, he said, to have a look at him uh, while 
they were there. He was asked if he gave them specific instructions as to what areas they should cover with Yosef Pushka when they eventually got to speak to him on the 14th of, of January last year. And he said that he asked them to ask Yosef to account for his movements on the Wednesday, again, the day that Ashling was killed, and also to ask him if he had a bike. Uh, he said they were the areas he wanted covered. He said they were covered. And again, the information came back uh, to him. Uh, Michael Bowman then asked him if he had been in communication with the nurses at St. James's Hospital. He said at times he had been um, in relation to how he was getting on, if they knew when he was going to be released, uh, things like that. He was the point of contact. He confirmed that. And then Michael Bowman finished his cross-examination by asking him if he had spoken to the doctors who were treating Josef Pushka. And he said that no, that he hadn't been talking to any of the doctors. So Detective Inspector Farrell left the witness box at that point and Detective Superintendent O'Callaghan took his place soon afterwards. He too was asked about the pursuit of certain lines of inquiry. That's right. And and in his direct evidence, um, which uh, was he was taken through by the prosecuting barrister, Anne-Marie Lawler, he said that every inquiry created as part of an investigation forms a job. Um, that job goes into a jobs book. Those jobs are then um, distributed to the various members. And in relation to the investigation into Ashley Murphy's murder, he said there were about 720 jobs and he said each one varied. They could be you know, a call to a house to take a statement, to identify a bicycle, uh, things like that. And he too was asked about the arrest of that man on the day that Ashing was murdered. And he said that he was released the following night at about half past 10, having been interviewed for over 11 hours in total. And he said that that man was able to account for his movements and that those movements and his story was corroborated. And also he said that his fingerprints didn't match the mark on the bike, uh, no DNA match uh, either. He said um, another person of interest or a suspect then entered the picture. This was Yosef Pushka. And when Mr. Pushka told uh, Detective Fergus Hogan that he cut her uh, on the 14th, um, we spoke about this on the podcast yesterday. Um, Detective Sergeant um, or Detective Superintendent O'Callaghan was asked if he knew at this point, when Yosef Pushka said that to Detective Hogan, he was asked if he personally knew the cause of death. He said that he did. He was then asked if Detective Hogan was made aware of that. He said no, that a decision had been made by the investigation team not to release that information. Uh, Michael Bowman asked him if the public would have known, if any media outlet had perhaps conveyed it to the public. And again, the witness said no. He confirmed that it wasn't in the public domain. Um, he was also asked about searches of various locations, including Josef Pushka's home and the home of his parents. Um, he said that Mr. Pushka uh, could be seen on CCTV wearing particular clothing and footwear. And Ms. Lawler asked if any of that was found in the course of any of, of these searches. And Superintendent O'Callaghan said no, that none of that was found uh, Michael Bowman then had an opportunity to cross-examine him. Um, he asked him a number of questions in relation to a number of different areas, um, specifically in relation to the information about the cause of death. You know, he asked him if it, a decision had been made to keep that very tight. And he said yes. Um, Mr. Bowman then asked him about information that was circulating on social media at the time. And he said that he wasn't aware of what was on social media. He said there was nothing re released from Angarda Shiakana in relation to the cause of death. And he accepted uh, that the first suspect was still in custody uh, when Mr. Pushka entered the picture. But he said there was a process, a process that needed to be 
uh, completed before they could eliminate that first man, that first suspect from their inquiries. A note that he had written in relation to the decision to send members up to the hospital. This was something, again, that was put to his colleague, Inspector Farrell, earlier. This note where he had sent the members up to the hospital to see what the suspect looked like, that was also put to him under cross-examination. And Superintendent O'Callaghan accepted that he had written that down and that his instruction was for them to go up and to have a look. And he said that that was relayed to the detectives by Inspector Farrell. Um, Michael Bowman said that it was surprising, um, if not extraordinary, uh, that the detectives were unaware of why they were being uh, sent up and uh, the witness accepted that that um, that that would have been the case if they had been unaware. And he also said that um, a decision was made at the first available opportunity that they were going to arrest Yosef Pushka. And that took place in St. James's Hospital as soon as Yosef Pushka was deemed fit for discharge. Yes, and and this evidence was given by a witness that the jury has already heard from. He was recalled today, a Detective Sergeant David Scahill. Uh, He was the arresting member. Um, We heard that members uh, remained in the hospital um, to protect Josef Pushka, to protect the public and to arrest him when the time came. And at 31 minutes past 11, on the morning of the 18th of January last year, we heard that he arrested him for the offence of murder, uh, for the murder of Ashling Murphy. Um, he was cautioned. He was asked if he understood. He nodded. Um, he asked him if he understood the reason for his arrest. And again, he said that Mr. Pushkin nodded. He was then taken to Tullamore Garda Station. They arrived back there at about half past 12 in the afternoon. Uh, both he and the member in charge, Garda Kira Martin, were asked by Michael Bowman today if there was a crowd outside the station um, when uh, they arrived back with uh, Josef Pushka and neither of them recalled seeing a crowd. Uh, Gartha Martin's job, I should say, was to, as member in charge, was to assess if Josef Pushka should be detained and to attend to his needs during his detention, uh, if he was, to inform him of his, of his rights and, and things like that. And at about 20 past one, then Detective Sergeant Cal said that he asked uh, for Josef Pushka to be detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. He said they set out the grounds um, to Gartha Martin, um, the DNA uh, found on the bike, the circumstances in relation to what happened at the scene, the admissions that he made in hospital, things like that. He relayed all of that to Gartha Martin. And in the end, at about uh, 35 minutes past one, she made the decision to detain Josef Pushka for a full and proper investigation. Uh, The jury heard how he was then processed. His photograph and fingerprints were taken as well as that buccal swab, a DNA sample that was also taken at that point. He could be held initially for up to six hours following his arrest. Uh, His detention was extended, though, for a further six hours before they were given an extra 12 hours. Um, We heard that Josef Pushka um, did take some time to rest, to sleep, and that the clock would have um, been stopped at that point. The following day then, uh, on the 19th of January last year, the Director of Public Prosecutions made the decision to charge Josef Pushka uh, with murder and that charge was put to him he was um he was released from his uh, original detention immediately re-rested uh, for the purpose of being charged he was charged he was cautioned we heard that when that was put to him his reply was simply one worded no he said uh, he was then brought before a special sitting of Tullamore District Court that evening
That's it for episode 10 of All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. The trial will take a break now for the long weekend and among the evidence due to be heard next week are Yosef Pushka's interviews with Gardi following his arrest. I'm Frank Graney, Courts Correspondent for News Talk. I'll be in court every day and you can follow me on X at Frank Graney for updates. And make sure you follow this podcast, All Rise, the Ashley Murphy Murder Trial, for an impartial and comprehensive account of what happens in court on any given day. All Rise, the Ashley Murphy Murder Trial was hosted by Frank Graney and Ashling Moore with sound design by Lachlan Hart. Follow the podcast on Newstalk.com, on the Newstalk app, powered by Go Loud, or wherever you get your podcasts.